Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. These guys, these singdings, Chang Sings, they got enemies, Wing Kong, who wear red turbans. Holy shit! And welcome back to You Have Offended This Podcast, where we look at martial arts movies, old and new. My name is Mike McCarran, and with me, as always, is the guy who for sure knows that it's all in the reflexes, Chad Lindsay. What's up, buddy? How's it going? It's all going all right. Can't complain. I was looking forward to this uh, this week for a while. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of my favorites. So I was looking forward to going back and doing a rewatch. And uh, yeah, I had a great time revisiting this film. Yeah, this is one that I watch not not super regularly, but like at least once a year, I'll go back and check this one out and uh, and go through it again. And like every time the same jokes, you know, since 86, this has been holding up and making me laugh every single time I watch it. Well, I've said this for years um, as somebody who loves, you know, all films. Uh, I think 90, 1986 was like the pinnacle year for film. Like it was just a you could go to the theaters like three times a weekend, every weekend and see gold. Like, yeah, was solid because you had this, you had Top Gun, Iron Eagle, Ferris Bueller's Day Off um aliens came out that year you had two fucking schwarzenegger movies in the same year like it was it was a non-stop parade of like fantastic films and i think for a lot of them they might have got lost in in the shuffle and uh, uh this is this is definitely one of my favorites yeah, it's like that Homer Simpson quote where he says, it's, rock and roll peaked in 1976. It's a scientific fact. Like, film, yeah. film peaked yeah. in 1986. Yeah. I always say it. I mean, you know, like, you know, the following year, like Predator and Robocop, two of my favorite films of all time came out. But for the sheer number of great films that uh, came out, uh, like, it's it's really hard to beat 1986. It really is. It is. It is. This movie is is one of those movies that's it's silly but it really stands out as being still cool like this is one of those movies when i remember when kill bill came out yeah and i wanted to talk to you about this before we get into the movie kill bill came out and i remember i went with with my wife and a, and a couple friend of ours so four of us went to go see it and and when kill bill finished we came out of the theater and it was the first one with that cool animated section with the whole backstory of lucy Liu's character yeah and uh like it was it was dope it was awesome we came out of the theater and i was like that was the shit that was so fun and they all three of them were like that was stupid i didn't like that and i was like well i can't be friends with you fuckers anymore yeah <laughs> like we're we're done oh, you guys are dead to me. <laughs> what did you just say to me so then yeah. a little while later my wife and i went to go see uh i think it was the next year perhaps or maybe it was close but charlie's angels full throttle that mcg movie came out oh yes Remember that one and we went to go see that. And I came out of that like, that was dumb. Like, that was really stupid. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, okay, wait a minute. How come that was stupid and Kill Bill when she's running up the stairs on their hand railing isn't stupid? And I, I was trying to explain, like, the whole concept of the homage to the old Chinese wirework martial arts kind of films. And, like, right. there was a point to it. Whereas with Charlie's Angels, it was just making up plot devices to fill in holes in crappy writing. Yeah. 
kind of the same with this one where this one it's the, the conceit of the movie is there that magic is real and this underground world exists, but the movie kind of holds to what it, what the conceits are. Well, I think this movie answers the question that was never asked, which is what if John Wayne ever showed up in a Chinese martial arts film? And that's kind of, you know, <laughs> what, this, what this movie does. And you don't realize that you want it until you do, until you get it. And, um, I think that they, I think that this film strikes that perfect balance of tone and realism and allowing the audience to suspend their disbelief. I yeah. honestly can't even remember Charlie's Angels full throttle, but I do remember the first, the, the first Charlie's Angels reboot out of the, you know, the four times they rebooted it. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. I did. I did kind of like the first one just because it was a little tongue in cheek and it kind of played like it, like it knew what it was and it winked at the audience. Yes, um, yeah. The first one was. Of, I liked that. Yeah, one. and then Full Throttle came along and it was just like I, I don't, I don't even know what the fuck you people are doing here. Like, like what are you? Well, yeah. What are you? What are you? What are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I just remember like they, I, I, there was a part where there was this crazy motocross motocross scene, and then there was this insane thing where they were at. In, in a house up at the top of a hill somewhere and the bad guys were getting away. And then all the angels came out in street luge clothes with a street luge and they chased them down the hill in a street luge. Like yeah, it was yeah. just this excuse to use all these extreme sports. Yes. And I was just like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like, come on, man. Like, you got to work harder than that in the writing. Like give me something. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, this anyway. one, this, 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 this film is solid. And I, this, you know, I've loved it since, you know, the first time I saw it. Yeah. And like you nailed it, nailed it on the head. Like Kurt Russell totally modeled his performance after Jack, not after Jack, after John Wayne. Initially, this movie was supposed to be a Western in the, in the writing. A Western? Yeah. It was originally written as a Western and, uh, and have Jack Burton come into town and go into this sort of the, the Chinese underworld of this Western town. And uh, then they rewrote it. I kind of want to see that. (laughs) I know. That's a movie I kind of want to, I kind of dig. Like imagine, imagine that. Like take um the hateful eight, yeah, but switch it into a a Chinese underground magic movie. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of awesome. Yeah, this was this was solid. Like, you know, this 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 is just a solid film. Like, you it know, is every every pillar of whatever category you want to put out there is is solid. So yeah, but yeah. let's get into it because again, this is uh you know this is one of my favorite films of all time. Me too. Me too. Um, so yeah, this is a film had a budget of $25 million. It, this was a certified bomb. Like opening weekend on a budget of 25 million, it made $2.7 million. <laughs> I can't help but feel partly responsible but because <laughs> it, was Picks, man. it was just like, it was just a never ending train of hits, right? Like you yep. had to choose where you wanted to go because you couldn't go see them all. And I didn't see this until it came out on home video the following year. So yep. I remember watching the pilot of Star Trek The Next Generation yep. um, that was on TV and then popping this tape in. So whenever, whenever that was, whenever the pilot for Star Trek The Next Generation was, I watched that on TV and then I popped in Big Trouble in Little China. So that's when I saw it. Came out. And it even even worldwide gross, it only made $11 million. So it never, ever made its money back. But it became a cult a cult hit. And everybody loves it. Well, not everybody, but most people love it now. Yeah. To the point where they were, they're, they're thinking and have been thinking for a while about doing, first of all, they were going to do a reboot of it uh, starring The Rock. (laughs) I don't know if you knew that. 
I I heard that, and I mean, I really like The Rock, but as far Don't as do The that. Rock doing this, like The Rock can bite my crank, like because yep. I I'm not interested in The Rock as Jack Burton. I'm not. It's Kurt no. Russell, and that's what it is. And you know, maybe The Rock can be you know like another character in it, but I I I'm so over reboots that. You know, I don't want to, I wouldn't say. And that's what it evolved into, I think, because The Rock and Kurt Russell worked together after that. And they started talking about it and it evolved into now somewhat of a sequel, I think, idea where The Rock is going to play somebody else. And Jack Burton is going to be Kurt Russell coming in as an older guy. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'd go, I'd, I'd support Which, I'd bite on that as yeah. long as it was well written and done properly. Okay. Anyway, so let's get into this. So I have broken this down into five sections that we can plow through here. So, opening section, we have trucker Jack Burton going into Chinatown, and he makes a bet with his friend Wang Chi, which Chi loses. Wang needs to pick up his fiance Miao Yin, from the airport, so Jack takes him, and she ends up getting kidnapped by the uh, Lords of Death gangsters. Jack and Wang follow the gang and end up in the middle of a funeral, which turns into a giant gang battle between the Chang Sing and the Wing Kong, and the three storms show up, as does Lo Pan, where Jack's truck gets stolen. So there's the first act. Solid. Great introduction. Great. The, the, the way that they did this. And again, like, let's step away from the, those plot points for a second. But yep. the way that they did this where you have a incredibly confident but not so effective competent um, protagonist. <laughs> yeah. Protagonist of Jack Burton, who's truly <laughs> the sidekick in this film. And I think 100%. that's what. That's what makes this film so good is the fact that you've got this um, incredible body of uh, like exposition and history and this whole universe that's kind of built around that everybody seems to know about except Jack, Jack Burton. Yes, and there's a couple of little nods to that in the script yeah. that are hilarious. And Jack, Jack kind of represents, like we're seeing the world through Jack's eyes. Yeah. And that's why you don't have to have that lazy exposition is like, as you know, this is a 2000 year old man. Like, you know, like nobody would say, yeah. as you know. So um, as Jack learns what's happening, you know, we, the audience learn what's happening and he's the white sidekick to an Asian lead, but we just see it through his eyes. So it's, it's masterfully done and it, uh, it really helps with the storytelling. Yeah. Carpenter did a really good job here in, in letting Jack Burton think he's the leading man and he, yes, he does throughout the entire movie believe that he's the leading man no, he he acts as if he is like you know <laughs> like the shit and you know half the time it works out for him and half the time he like totally fucks this up like, <laughs> yeah. I, think, like I, I remember seeing this trailer for the first time because it was like a Saturday morning I had to go out um and i i, I used to record wwf wrestling if i had to go out right so yep i i was watching wrestling and then a trailer for uh big trouble in little china came on during the commercial break and i remember rewinding the trailer over and over again because the scene where jack fires the gun <laughs> yes. at the end, that was in the trailer and i was like yeah. Wait, what? What? And I really goes, let's it. go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and it falls on his head. <laughs> I rewound that like three or four times. And I was like, I would have been about, I would have been 14 and 86. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, like, 
did they just show the hero like get knock himself out <laughs> knock right? himself clean and out <laughs> and, and the fact that i rewound it and watched it over and over again just kind of speaks to the fact that you know it's it's so out of place but it worked so well it worked so well yeah it was it was great that that, that juxtaposition and and switching places of leading man and sidekick throughout the film is is I don't know if it's ever been done better, to be frank. Like, I can't think of another movie where that has has no, come into play to such good effect. Yeah, it's 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 solid, and it makes it uh, incredibly entertaining. And it again, it doesn't force exposition on you, and you can just you you can kind of sit back and enjoy the ride, as opposed yep. to them kind of trying to build this world because Jack is confused; he doesn't know what's going on. Um, and the audience doesn't necessarily need to know what's going on until, you know, the story dictates that we need to know. So I, I, yeah. I liked it for that fact. He just gets enough. And no matter what happens, whether it, like you said, whether it works out for him or whether it becomes a giant, you know, toilet spiral for him, he never loses confidence. No, he is the most confident person. In <laughs> he the never loses it. And then he drinks a potion at the end to make him even more confident. Like, this guy did not need more confidence. That's, yeah, that that's, was that's, awesome. That's, that's that's what I love about it. I love the uh, the gang. The one thing that I will say is the you know the the framing and the cinematography and the sound. Like all of all of these are just are just solid. It just makes. Yeah really it makes it really enjoyable anyway we're, and, we're stuck in this film's wang for like i know really. minutes even talking about it but anyway <laughs> you, you you jump ahead because I, I can't stop talking about how much i love this film well yeah i was gonna say i i like everything about it from when he pulls in and they they're playing the games and stuff and and wang wants to try and chop the bottle in half which is hysterical and that's kind of the first hint where where jack and wang you don't really know if they're friends or not or what and then they he, Wang tries to chop that bottle in half and Burton catches it in front of yes. his face. And he, that's yeah. when you, the first time you kind of get the, it's all in the reflexes. It's all in the reflexes. Chekhov's catch. Yeah. Yeah, right? So you, you kind of get that like, oh, okay, maybe he's, he's kind of a badass here. Okay. Hey, and thank you for listening to this teaser episode of the podcast. Full episodes can be found at patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. We do at least four episodes a month. Everyone gets one free. The other three are like this one, a teaser with the full show available with a subscription. Now there's five levels of subscription to choose from to suit any budget with the lowest being just five bucks per month. That's less than a rabbit harness leech thing on Amazon. I mean, what are you going to do with that? It's nice. I mean, don't get me, don't get me wrong. But think about it. You can walk your rabbit safely, or you can get over six hours of original entertainment to make your workout or commute or life better. Plus, access to all the past seasons. Each season being twenty-one episodes. Patrons also get to be a part of the Dojo Crew. You become a producer of the show, and the best part is you don't have to do any of the hours of work it takes to create an awesome show every week. You just reap the benefits. It's awesome. So head on over to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast and become a patron. You'll have our eternal gratitude and the satisfaction of literally being a producer of the media you find most appealing. Thank you so much. We'll see you inside the dojo.